Hey everyone, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is the Off the Bench podcast. For the next three days, Pastor Phil and I are going to be tackling some really important cultural issues that we are wrestling with in the church right now in an age of extremes. And today we're going to be talking about the role of women in the church. Can they be pastors? If not, why not? Can women teach theology at all? What does the Bible mean when it says that women are to be silent in church? You guys, this is going to be a fantastic conversation. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for tuning in today. I'm going to jump right into this. Pastor Phil, my friend, my goodness, it's a joy to see you. Always exciting to be back on the podcast, Heidi. So thankful for you. And I'll get to see you in person very soon. Coming up to uh, help dedicate the new building. Very, very exciting times for you, Heidi. We're very excited. The Lord's on the move. Like there's so many things happening in the culture. I think, you know, reasons for people to feel discouraged, but we don't need to feel discouraged because God's still moving mountains. Amen. Yeah. And all the bad news. We need to focus on the good news. And the good news is like I'm convinced there's another Jesus revolution going on, Heidi. You know, we hear all about the Gen Z's leaving the faith and. You know, the lunacy, the craziness of our times. But I'm meeting teenagers and 20-somethings that are first-generation Christians. Uh, Mom and dad is out there somewhere and, you know, the solar system somewhere. And, you know, and uh, here they are finding Jesus, pursuing the Lord. So there's a lot to be encouraged about, Heidi. Yeah, praise God. It's so good. Uh, Last, a couple weeks ago, I called you and I told you, I said, I'm kind of upset. I'm hearing uh, kind of rumblings of sort of this, um, what I feel to be extra biblical and divisive teaching in the church, whereby we're hearing um, pastors say that women do not have a place in the church at all outside of childbearing or teaching women about how to be uh, homemakers or how to be mothers, with obviously nothing wrong with that. But I think that it is placing a burden on women that God never intended for them to carry. And then I thought, gosh, I wonder if I'm wrong about this. <laughs> so I called you, you had a, we, you and I had a great conversation. And I, I guess I want to start because there's a lot of people listening to this, thousands, in fact, that are, that are wrestling through these things in their own churches. And a lot of women who feel um, overlooked, I think, in their churches, sometimes even maligned. You and I had a conversation about the patriarchy movement which was a real thing inside the homeschool movement. We're hearing about it with the new documentary, Shiny Happy People, which really uncovers this sort of bizarre view of women that uh, I think the Duggar family shared. Certainly we're seeing the fallout from that now in their adult children. But I wonder if you can uh, take us back to sort of the very beginning uh, with, you know, just starting with God's heart for male and female at creation. And then we'll move into some of these other questions questions because they are so important. Yeah. Yeah. What does the Bible say? In the end, that's all that matters all to that us. Matters. If we claim to believe the Bible, let's examine the evidence wherever it leads. But uh, Heidi, I'm going to need you to be silent for the rest of this podcast. Okay. <laughs> all right. I we got are going to get along I, so good. <laughs> I know this is your podcast, <laughs> all right? but it's in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> okay. I did not see that coming. I'm I got to say, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> just be a little bit silly here. But here, I'm trying to make a point how silly it is. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Women are to be silent, but clearly that can't mean exactly what some people think it means if we're going to cut and paste one verse and build an entire doctrine around that one verse, then yes, I need you to be silent. 
uh, the rest of this podcast and I'll do all the talking. But all right. I'm looking right. forward to that. But, yeah. But but here's the point. Um, there's always the culture. And in some way, then what happens with the church, there is the correction or the reaction to the culture and then the overcorrection and the overreaction. So I think what's happened in culture at large, whether it's politically, we all know about the extremes of right and left right now and polarizing mm. politically. But here's the reality. It's also happening in the church mm -hmm. where now you have extremes theologically. And uh, so you have one extreme um, that um, churches that traditionally believe the Bible and use the Bible for its belief system are now ordaining women to pastoral ministry. Mm -hmm. Not just women in leadership, but actually ordaining women to be pastors. And of course, this front and center recently at the Southern Baptist Convention, where they voted to disfellowship one of the largest, most influential churches in America, Saddleback, because Saddleback is now ordaining women. Mm -hmm. and so now you have what amounts to this overreaction and overcorrection. This is uh, not only can women not be pastors, but they literally shouldn't say anything. They shouldn't do anything except for the one thing specifically in the book of Titus, where the older women are instructed to teach the younger women uh, how to love their husbands. Mm -hmm. And uh, women shouldn't teach any theology. They shouldn't be in the church teaching any doctrine. They shouldn't hold any leadership positions. Uh, they should simply, I guess, bear children and make the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for vacation Bible school. Right. And if you right. can play the piano, we'll let you do that, too. Right. That's right. Yeah. Or maybe they'll let you teach the little kids in the church. Yeah. It's kind of the extremes. And so uh, I love what you're doing on this podcast today. In the end, if we believe the word of God is inerrant, then let's let the word of God speak. And for me personally, it's not that controversial. And for me personally, it's not even that cloudy. I think the scripture is very, very clear. And uh, if you're wrong on this one, I've been wrong on this one because you have spoke for me. Uh, on more than one occasion on a Sunday morning. And I might say you have uh, done a wonderful job exegeting the word of God to the people of God at Abundant Life, for which I'm thankful. Hope you come back one of these days soon. I would love to. Well, I'm, I'm wondering, I got a mess. Oh, let me just read it to you because I think, I think this will kind of help frame this up a little bit. Uh, this woman wrote into me and she said, Dear Heidi, I am hurt. She basically starts out by just saying, I feel... Uh, overlooked by my church, I was just told by the senior pastor that though I have been teaching a women's Bible study for many years based on a teaching he heard recently, I am no longer allowed to teach theology at my church. Uh, the Bible says that women were created to be a helpmeet. I was just told that my position only is to be a helper so I could help someone, a man who's teaching this class. I can help in any position with children, but I'm no longer allowed even to teach other women theology. Please help me. I'm so confused. I want to leave the church. And I think that is that's the fallout that we're going to hear from what you rightly pointed out is an overcorrection, an overreaction to something that the Bible says is wrong. And some churches have engaged in it. But can you take us back to the Garden of Eden? Because let's start there. Let's start in Genesis when a woman was taken out of man, right? And then created to be a helper. Let's start there as to God's unique role for women, because we we do have unique roles, right? And God's created us in his image for different things. What does it look like uh, at the onset at creation? Yeah, I think it's a great place to start because that's where the Apostle Paul goes to. So Paul, the definitive force of always the authoritative voice on what is the role of women specifically in the church. Uh, and certainly he speaks a lot of that into the home. Guess where he goes? He goes back to creation. 
he doesn't go back to culture. Mm. And so uh, that's what it says in First Timothy chapter 2. We're going to have a little bit of a Bible study, Heidi, if that's okay. I love it. Okay. Let's have a little bit of a Bible study on what does the Bible say about women in leadership. Uh, because um, we are seeing this, what amounts to two movements within the church. One is churches historically that have stood for truth and that have allowed the Word of God to be the absolute final authority. We're starting to see that drift. And all of a sudden, there's this argument that maybe we need to follow the culture and maybe bridge the culture. And of course, the culture is saying one thing. And uh, so we need to change with the culture if we're going to reach the culture. But then you have uh, kind of that normal reaction with a lot of churches that take the pendulum too far the other way. And Paul speaks into this specifically as it relates to women being pastors. Let's talk about that first. What does the Bible teach about women being pastors and carrying that title? And so 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, Paul is setting up the qualifications for a pastor in chapter 3. Of course, 1 Timothy 3 gives us the qualifications for a bishop or an elder or a pastor within the local church. And remember, uh, the book divisions and the chapter divisions were added in there much later. So Paul's got one thought going here from chapter 2 into chapter 3. He's setting up what amounts to the qualifications of a pastor. So he says these words in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, reading from the New King James here, it says this, Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. Heidi, there it is. We need to stop reading right now. I'm being real quiet. (laughs) Here's the point, guys. (laughs) Anytime you take a a, a word in Scripture out of context, uh, no longer is it within its context. We we can prove anything we want to. All of a sudden, the Bible can say anything we want to. Heidi, did you know that God makes me lie? He does. I'm I'm just being real quiet. He makes me lie. Okay, you can talk now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he makes I, me lie. It's in the Bible, Psalm 23, verse 1. He maketh me to lie. Read it for yourself. I did. I did. That's just the first part. You took it out of context. What, oh, I see exactly what you're doing. Exactly. What? I need to keep reading? I need to you put need it to in keep context? Reading. Okay. Keep he maketh reading. me to lie down in green in pastures. Green pastures. So it means something completely different, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah. here's the point. We can't take things out of its context. It's just basic Bible study principles have to put it into its context. And so he's not literally saying here, women have to be silent uh, and not say anything. And if you do, you're no longer functioning in the biblical role God has called you to. It says this in verse 12, and I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man, but to be in silence. He says, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived. Uh, fell into transgression. And so right here, a lot of well-meaning people stop reading and they say, well, there's the role of the woman in the church. She can't do mm-hmm. anything. She needs to be a learner and learn in silence. And it was uh, because she was the one who was deceived. I hear that all the time. You know, yeah. the reason why God says you have to be quiet, why the apostle Paul said you have to be quiet is because the woman was the one who was deceived. Men are not easily deceived. Women are. Hmm. I would suggest um, the men I have known can be just as easily deceived as a woman, Heidi. What Paul is doing, though, is establishing that the role of men and women, whether it be in church or let's even say the home, the two institutions of Scripture is the church and family. 
And so what he's doing is establishing here that while we are equal as men and women, we're not the same. And that while we are equal, uh, we differ in function. And he's appealing here to creation, not culture. See, a lot of people will say, well, when Paul says that only men can be pastors, that was cultural. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You guys know how concerned I am about the state of the United States, particularly as it relates to education. More than ever, high school students need a course that challenges them to think about whether the founding ideals of this country are worth preserving and then inspires them to act upon their conclusion. Michael Ferris is releasing a new 30-week American civics course that will guide you and your students to deeper understanding in three core subject areas, America's founding principles, the mechanics of government and lawmaking, and the constitution that makes our system of government possible. If you pre-enroll by August 1st with the promo code HEIDI15, that's H-E-I-D-I-1-5, you will save 15%. We've got options for co-ops and single household options. It's fully online and it's self-paced. Content for the fall semester classes release August 1st. Third and unit one is available for free when you create an account at lumen.com. That's lumen, L U M I N N.com. Don't forget to use the promo code Heidi15, H E I D I 15 for 15% off by August 1st. And uh, it's not doctrinal. See, if it's doctrinal, then it's timeless. For every generation, for every yes. man, for every woman, the truth doesn't change. But if it's cultural, well, that can change. And so some would argue, and Saddleback and Rick Warren, for example, now are arguing that this is purely cultural when Paul in 1 Timothy 3 outlines the qualifications of a pastor only to men. Well, that's just a cultural issue for them, but it doesn't apply today. And there are cultural things in Scripture that don't apply today, many of them. And it's up to us to know the difference between what is a cultural issue that changes in time and place Two, theological issues, doctrinal issues that are timeless. We just got done studying First Thessalonians at Abundant Life and landing that letter. And Paul is saying his goodbyes in chapter five. He's signing off, say goodbye to so-and-so. Don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do this. Then he says, greet each other with a holy kiss. So, Heidi, is that doctrinal or is that cultural? Pretty sure that's cultural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Think about yeah, it. We're yeah, not yeah. being unbiblical. We're not being sinful. If we don't greet each other with a holy kiss, um, if I were to greet you with a holy kiss, I would have to pick myself up off the floor because I'd have five <laughs> fingers on this side, five fingers on this side. My wife would hit me here. You'd hit me here because that could be easily misunderstood. Yes, that's a cultural issue. And even today, if you go to parts of the Mediterranean, you might see two men greet each other with a holy kiss. Hey, good to yeah. see you. You know. Yeah. That, so we're not dealing here with doctrine. But when you talk about men and women, their roles, Paul's very clear. This goes back to creation. 
This isn't cultural. And he's appealing to Adam being created first and then the woman. Because we're dealing here with a social order, not of inequality, but rather authority. He is setting up what he's about to teach about men specifically being pastors. He's not saying a woman can't say anything. He's not saying a woman must be silent. He's certainly not saying a woman can't do any teaching as it relates to theology. Think about this. The Great Commission given to men and women, every Christian. Matthew 28, 19, the last words Jesus says before he sends back into heaven, go you therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to serve all things, whatever I command you, and law will be with you always, even to the end of the earth. So here's the point. If a woman literally can't teach any theology to anybody, she can't fulfill the Great Commission mm-hmm. that Jesus has given her. She can't make disciples because she can't teach all things that Jesus said is required to teach to make disciples. See, not only is it unbiblical, it's illogical to say a woman can't teach any theology to anybody for any reason She can simply teach um, younger women how to love their husbands. That cannot be what Paul has in view here. Mm -hmm. What we're going to see is a principle of Bible study, Heidi. So you have a statement Paul makes, but then there's other statements Paul makes that appears to compete with the statement. First, he says a woman must be silent and be in submission. But other places in the New Testament, he's clearly expecting her not to be silent. And yes, even pray and preach publicly in the mixed assembly of the body. So people say, well, there's contradictions in Scripture. Now listen carefully. These are not competing concepts. These are completing concepts. See, only when we see the entire counsel of the New Testament can you get the real mind and the real heart of God on any one subject. You cannot build your doctrine around one passage. You've got to take the entire counsel of the New Testament. What happens then is what appears to be initially competing passages actually are completing passages. You get the whole counsel of what God is intending. So in 1 Timothy chapter 2, what Paul is saying here is a woman is not to teach as one in authority, as a pastor, but one under authority. Uh, She's not to teach as one with that pastoral title. That title means something. She's not to teach as one in pastoral authority over the church, but rather she is to teach as one under pastoral authority. When you've come and you have preached on a Sunday morning and you have exegeted the Word of God and you have encouraged both men and women in my church uh, from the Word of God, you've done that. How? You've done that as one under authority, um, not as one in authority. You are submitted to your husband. Mm -hmm. uh, You're submitted to your pastor. You're not trying to usurp anyone's authority. You're not trying in any way to domineer uh, and take anything over. And that's really what Paul's talking about here. In fact, if you just do a little word study, this same word translated as silence in verse 11, this very same word you find in verse 2 of uh, this very same chapter, and it's translated as peaceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see this very same word in Second Thessalonians 3.12 is translated as quietness. And so this word translated as silence 
uh, can be translated as quietness. It can be translated as peaceable. What's what's the implication? Paul's dealing here with an attitude, Heidi. He's dealing with a woman's attitude that she is not in some way to try to take something over. In fact, uh, when you look at this word and this phrase is not to exert authority over a man, the, the word here is authentane in the Greek, from which we get our word authority or authoritarian. And so what Paul's dealing here is a heart of humility. Uh, and it's not just, by the way, given to women. The number one qualifier of spiritual authority for men is also a heart of humility. It's true of all of us. In fact, Ephesians 5.21 says, we're to mutual submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. Uh, and that's something God gives men and women to do. Everyone is to submit to someone. I'll stop talking here for a minute because uh, this is your podcast. and No, I, this to- is great. No, I mean, I just filled up a whole page of, uh, uh, with notes here because I think what you're doing is you're you're giving freedom to an issue where freedom needs to be in the church, and so it makes sense to me. Is I'm I'm because I've you know you're talking and I'm trying to get a Bible Gateway to come up on my computer, and I finally get it up there. Now I'm highlighting things on my laptop, but I love that you're you're taking us back to what the original Greek says. If you look at the same that same uh, word quiet in verse three, also down in verse twelve where to remain peaceful, which makes so much sense because all throughout the Bible, we are, we are actually called to be peaceable people. We're to be listening to each other. A husband is to love his wife like Christ loved the church. How did he do that? He laid down his life for her. And so I think what this is, and I'm so glad that you addressed the fact that I've spoken at your church from your platform. And I remember uh, talking with you about that. I think one Sunday I was there for Mother's Day and you were gone. I don't know where you were, Africa something you were you weren't even there yeah and you gave a great introduction via video for me and you and i had spoken previously about what was on my heart to teach which was talking about psalm 127 how god calls men and women to launch arrows out onto the battlefield it's this beautiful illustration of marriage and i came there as a woman under authority and i came there as a representative of jesus christ but under your authority as the pastor there you and i had already had this conversation and god did an amazing thing uh that weekend and i love that you're uh, that you're talking about what that looks like cuz i think it gives freedom not only to women but also to pastors yeah yeah and i think this this doctrine specifically listen heidi um i think what's happened a lot of times like i grew up in a denominational tradition where women couldn't even be ushers. Like I remember coming out of a very conservative theological tradition where it would have been unheard of for anyone but men to even be ushers in the church. Yeah, As if being an usher is a biblical office of the New Testament. Uh, By all (laughs) means, a woman would have never been allowed, for example, to serve communion. Yep. Uh, In our own church, after 23 years, uh, we came from a very, very conservative theological, I guess, tradition. So I remember the first time we started allowing women to be ushers, it was no small stretch for some of our older men that had come from a very conservative backgrounds theologically. Mm. Uh, when we started allowing women to help serve Lord's Supper, for example, that was a real stretch for some of our older men that came from that denominational tradition. So what happens a lot of times is church tradition gets confused for true New Testament doctrine. I came from a tradition where not only would a woman not have baptized, 
But not just any pastor would either. It had to be the senior pastor. I mean, the lead pastor. He was the only one that would do any baptizing. Well, here's the reality. Again, the Great Commission is given to all of us. What Jesus say? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It gives me great joy to see a woman baptize a new disciple, somebody she has won to faith. And now she is teaching them uh, in the it. spirit of Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Exactly. But see, in a lot of traditions, that would have never happened. So what's happened, I think sometimes it's just honestly bad Bible study. You you have a you, you you have the wrong interpretation, which leads to a really bad application that has really um, put women in a very small box within the church. They can only do a number of things. You can only do such and such and th- this list. And if you don't do that, then I guess you just get to sit there and be silent. Yeah. And then you have other times. I think it's um it's not just bad Bible study and bad application. I'm not going to lie. I think sometimes it just comes down to plain old fashioned chauvinism. Mm-hmm. Uh, plain old-fashioned male sexism, even in the church at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the reasons why for sure, but in this case, I think the scripture is so clear that Paul is speaking here specifically of the role of pastor, that she is not to uh, carry the authority of the pastor, the overseer of the church. But we know he doesn't mean to be silent in all cases, and you can't say anything and teach any theology. There are too many New Testament passages where we see women are doing that. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, for the sake of time, we don't have to. Let me just quote 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Here's what it says. God is giving the chain of command. Everything God does, he does through a chain of command. Where there is no authority, there is anarchy. And the reason there is anarchy in American society is because we're in rebellion against authority. The reason there is anarchy in many American homes is there is no authority. Where there's no authority, there's anarchy. So God is giving us the chain of command, this hierarchy of authority. And what he says in 1 Corinthians 11.3 is this. I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. And he gives us the chain of command. You have God the Father, God the Son, the man, the woman. Now, I want you to notice something. It would be heresy to imply God the Son is inferior to God the Father. It would be heresy to imply in some way God the Son is less than God the Father. They are co-members of the Trinity, equal in essence completely. But what are we learning? They are different in function. When Jesus was here, what would he say? I've come to do the works of the Father who sent me. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed that conversation with Pastor Phil Hopper. If you're interested in Pastor Phil's ministry, I'd encourage you to look him up online. He is the senior pastor at Abundant Life Church in Lee Summit, Missouri. They have a thriving ministry there. And uh, I know you guys will be encouraged by him. They have an online ministry. You can listen to him on Sundays as well. Again, that's Pastor Phil Hopper at Abundant Life Church. Tomorrow, we're going to come back and we're going to tackle another topic. We're going to be talking about the issue of authority and how God gives us a hierarchy uh, in our relationship with him. There's a hierarchy in the relationship between Jesus and God the Father, between a husband and a wife. God creates that hierarchy. And when there is no authority, there is anarchy. So we're going to pick that topic up tomorrow. I hope you guys will tune in. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.